Now, before this episode properly begins, it's probably worth warning you, listeners. Each time there's a big political event, or a referendum, or a debate, or an election, we do a podcast that is almost inevitably pretty much exclusively about that topic. Now, as you're probably aware, next week, in fact, a week today from when we're recording, Mm. we are going to have the 2017 general election. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're all screaming raging liberals here. And we've all got a lot of things to say on the matter. So, basically, prepare yourself. This is probably going to be quite an intently political one. Verbal Discharge. The world's third to best radio show. Not about squids. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Other than that, welcome to Verbal Discharge, episode 93. 93. 93, 93. yeah, woo! Hello, welcome, welcome. How are we doing? Uh, doing good. Should we yeah, quickly introduce ourselves? Should we get that out of the way? Yeah. Yeah? We're doing this in record time. We're, we're less than two minutes in. We're just over a minute in and we're introducing ourselves. Normally, there's like, Normally it's like yeah, half an hour of preamble we're, and we're then we're... polished. We're, yeah. we're oiled. Like we're a... almost like professionals. Yeah. Or we're just really eager to get angry. <laughs> I think that's it. One or the other. We've all been um so listeners obviously you're not aware that before we recorded this we were sat downstairs in the canteen area mm. um of the place where we record the studio. Um and we all began to talk about the general election and then had to stop ourselves as we often do saying no let's not have this conversation. It'll be funnier if we have it for the first time on air. Yeah. Yeah. So you you get to hear that listeners that's for you. Okay, let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I'm now a um paid up member of Labour, so take from that what you will. <laughs> I'm Robbie. I'm still a paid up member of the Lib Dems, so take from that what you will. Um they took 1 pound from me. Um and let me tell you it is about the eighth to best pound that i spent that week (laughs) um i'm james and this week i have been um really i think feeling the pressure of this upcoming election and just this entire political landscape we've been presented with Mm. Um, i've been staying up quite late into the night just worrying about how it's going to go yeah um i am of course talking about House of Cards season five. Hey, um, see, what we did there. You thought you were talking about the election we're talking about. It's just, it's just the, these are the important questions. Are the Underwoods going to come out of this side of the election season? Will Tom Hammerschmidt's article gain traction? How is Washington going to handle the ICO threat in the Middle East? We just don't know. We just don't know. Maybe um, that they, they don't, it's not a big threat because they've already finished Shadow of the Colossus. Maybe, maybe. We, I get um, it. Yeah. I, I got it, I got yeah. it, yeah. It just wasn't a very good joke. So, moving on. Um, there's an election <laughs> happening. I don't there, know if you is, there is, yeah. Um, First I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> a number of people... It was actually funny, I was talking to someone yesterday um, who had been sort of in an, a... They're in their third year of uni, they just finished now, and they were in such a sort of revision haze, and like revision um, coursework, etc. A fugue. That, yeah, yeah. That they didn't notice until last week that there was an election happening. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Because I've practically been running around where I live and the university campus screaming mm. there's a general election on Vote Labour or yeah. I'll stab you in the eyes. <laughs> and, that and this is really why Jordan well. Reynolds is not a councillor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's, it's an odd one though, isn't it? Like mm. it's, it's been very hard to avoid. I'm amazed that someone's come this far because it's it's been consuming me yeah. since Theresa announced a snap general election. Oh, you're on first name terms with her now, are you? I am Teresa, on first name terms with her. Big T, as it's, I call it's her. Not that-
that. It's just that I don't feel I need to refer to her as Theresa May or Mom no. because I don't have any respect <laughs> for you her. Think the thing that I didn't notice, I, I noticed it was mm. a general election, but the thing I didn't notice until last week is that when Theresa May walks, she kind of walks as though she's hovering over her toilet. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? She yeah. walks with this weird like crouch mm. as though she's permanently high noon in the middle of a... Like, old western and street and she's like, gonna have a shoot her shoulders are always locked in the same position like she's an action figure with yeah. limited point of articulation yeah. it looks a bit like you know in um in sport games before people take like penalty kicks mm. when they yeah. do the run-up in the last like sort of third of the run they do the bit where they step really quickly mm. it looks like she's doing that but an incredibly slow walking pace <laughs> version of that final bit of the run before they kick the ball in it's the like thing. in fifa it's always the same animation no matter who they are yeah that's yeah. very true Although here on Verbal Discharge we are an impartial podcast, so obviously, <laughs> so obviously yeah. we've got to give give some to Jeremy Corbyn. So I guess you know he, he's old and he wears jumpers, jumpers, the beard, he, beard. he dresses beard. like a geography teacher. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So that's why you shouldn't vote for him. And Tim Farron, <laughs> Tim Farron. His... He, he's the only person left uh, in Britain that still goes to church. Actually. So. Actually, I will make a point about Tim Farron. Tim, Tim, Tim uh, Farron. Um, Tim, we're Clive. all sinners, Farron. Yes. Yeah, we are all sinners. So I don't know. Yeah. Jordan, name the last time you didn't sin. I, I don't know, like during my morning toilet trips. Is there anything sinful about that? Thou shall not excrete bodily waste, <laughs> for it is sinful. I, I think it is. I think that is sinful. Um, now, the thing some of you may not know about Tim Farron, and I want to pick up on this. Uh, some of you may know, I don't know. Some of you out there may know. Uh, when Tim Farron was a teenager, he was in a pop band. I am aware of oh, this. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. A pop band? Yeah. Not even pop punk? He didn't have like a little no, cherry starburst guitar? They were an outright yeah. pop band. Which yeah. instrument did Tim play? Uh, he was the vocalist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he play um, rhythm guitar or was he purely vocalist? He also played a couple of instruments, but like okay. he was primarily A couple the of instruments? Yeah. Like the, he, had a few, like, he was basically the guy they'd bring in if they needed someone to play the accordion badly. Or like triangles. Or like the maracas or, <laughs> or a rain stick. <laughs> Tim Farron's 16 bar triangle solo. <laughs> the band was called Fred the Girl, which I think is actually quite a good name for like that sort of... That movement they're trying how, to be. He, how old was he during this? He was, he... Uh, he was sort of, I think, like 18, 19, 20. Okay, okay. Uh, they changed the name as well, but I've forgotten the name of the I spent ages researching this and trying to find tracks. Um, in the end, there was one track that was on YouTube that got taken down when he became leader of the Lib Dems. And oh. I couldn't find anywhere. I spent a couple of hours looking for it. But I managed to find, hidden away, one of his songs. <gasps> Unfortunately, there's no vocals on it. But you can still hear Tim Farron is is playing one of the instruments here. Do we want to hear it? I, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is Fred the Girl on BBC Radio 1. Oh! I, can f- I feel it. I feel it. It's a little bit underproduced. They need to work on keeping their timings consistent yeah. between the instruments. There's also some lovely promotional photos they took involving Tim Farron wearing mascara. Oh, someone please edit some Tim Farron vocals over this. <laughs> can we not find any Tim Far- Farron vocals? I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Should we... We're all sinners here. I'm not going to comment on my thoughts about gay marriage. My name is Tim Farron, and I hate the gays. I don't like the gays, or the lesbians, or the bisexuals, or the gender non-binary. I'm Tim Farron. And I was wondering why you don't just change over to the bake-off in the sky. (laughs) There's a lovely, lovely pie, which is nicer than Amber Rudd, but if I could... I would 
did you just insinuate that Tim Farron would like to have marital relations with, with Amber, Amber Rudd? Rudd. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was I got there was a real sexual tension in that debate last night. Well, I always thought the song Common People was actually about Jeremy Corbyn and um, <laughs> Theresa May. I think um, we, sh- we should probably give a bit of a preface and-, and just say, in case people haven't picked up yet, maybe this, this is the first episode of Verbal Discharge that you are listening to. I think I think we all we're all intending here to vote Jeremy Corbyn, mm. so we, we we do have something of a bias towards him. Mm. Um, Robbie obviously have his affiliations with the Lib Dems. Yes. Now, with Robbie, this man. I I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, that you received a phone call not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was something we mentioned in the cafeteria earlier. Would, would you um, care to tell everyone? That what the what that phone call was about? As I mentioned, I remember the Lib Dems. I joined in a panic a couple of times of Brexit. Um, <laughs> they were marking themselves as the party of the forty eight percent, and I went, "I'm with forty eight percent. I'm joining." See, um, I, th- I thought that would work for a while, but then because I considered joining at that yeah. point, I was like, "No, the Lib Dems say they're going to take us out of Brexit, and that's what we need." I was convinced. And... I actually had a premonition the other day. This is a tangent. We'll get back to the phone call. Okay, okay. I had a premonition. I was sort of just walking along. Uh, and I had this sort of sudden, like, flash forward. It was one of those weird things. I don't know if you've ever had it, where you... If it's just something that hasn't happened, but you remember it in the same way that... Or it comes to you in the same way a memory does. Yeah. And it's sort of envisioned the same way of, like, oh, well, this was a memory. A sort of weird sense of almost deja vu. I'm not quite sure if there's a word for it. The French probably have one, because they're the French. Um, <laughs> but, essentially, I was sat in in the car. Um, I'd just taken my son to one of his first rugby games. Um <laughs> I was, at the, I was at the point of disowning him as well because he's thinking he's supporting England. Um, <laughs> going to send him off to live with his mum, who at this point has probably run off with like Ben or something. Um, he did, she she gave up on me a long time before that. Um, Quickly, Robbie, and, curse your ex-wife. <laughs> and Ben with him, um, with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. A, it's very progressive. It was a, yeah trans thing. Um, no, so I was. <laughs> In the car with my son, um, and he's on his like his Google Vision or whatever. He sort of it was a phone in here, but I imagine in the future it'll probably be like he'll have the Google Glass stuff or something. Yeah. Um, and he turns to me after something he's read, and he says, "Daddy," and I'm like, "Yes, Tim," because I named after Tim Farron. <laughs> um, and he actually be, oh, yes, Timothy Nicholas because I've got to get Clegg in there as well. Um, I said, "What is it?" And he says, "What does Brexit mean?" And that's a vision I know I'm going to have. And I know, like, when we get to an age in which we're, like, people at our age in the future, people yeah. at our age when we're older, will be in the same way we go, oh, yeah, Grandad, tell us about the war. They'll be, oh, yeah, Grandad, tell us about Brexit. Brexit. Tell us about the way you voted Remain. This is, I, I, I've still got, um, in my office at home, yeah. I've still got a folder of all of the materials I managed to gather mm. about the EU referendum um, before the Brexit vote was called. And I'm sure Jordan will remember like when we were in our house in third year of uni and um, we'd constantly get leaflets through the door mm. from all different types of parties voicing their views oh, from leave side. So many. We got so our many. street was so targeted. We, we'd have a couple every day mm. and I saved them all and I've still got a folder just full of them because I knew full well that in years and years to come, we're going to look back on the Brexit decision and the EU referendum as being an incredibly crucial part Mm. of our history. And I wanted to be able to say, these were the leaflets that were sent out. You'll notice that bit there where they talk about the 350 million a week for the NHS. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's it's always interesting. Like, I often wonder, because um, I, I, I spend an awful lot of my time just reading through Wikipedia articles mm. on, on whatever topic is taking my interest this day. And quite often when big political things are happening or big sort of global events are taking place, I'll always think, how is this going to be looked back on? How are, we, how are they going to summarise this yeah. part of human history into a Wikipedia article? And it's been really, really sticking with me, especially coming up to this general mm. election. So much is hi- yeah. hinged on this, about what's going to happen will... the future of the UK, the future of Europe, the future of the global economy. How will... Like I've got an A star, not to boast, in uh, A-level government politics. Ooh. For reference, Nick Clegg only has an A. Um, but <laughs> I'm officially more qualified to run the country than Nick Clegg. Mm. Um, but to be fair, so are most people. Um, love you really, Nick. Um, but no, I always look back on it in that sort of like, how will this be taught in schools? How will people cover this? Yeah. Uh, so I had a phone call um, to go back to that. We had quite a tangent there. Um, from a member of the Lib Dems who was sort of ringing around, wanted to see if like, he could drum up any local support. Um... And he said to me, so then, June 8th, you know there's an election happening. I said, yep, yep. Are you planning on voting Lib Dem? And because I want to be left alone, I just said, yes, yeah, I am. Um, and thought, let's move on, even though I'm fully aware I'm going to vote for Corbyn instead. <laughs> Do you feel that voting Lib Dem is a wasted vote? Um, it is when the two constituents and Reds to vote in are yeah tory labor swing seats yeah yeah so it's there are some constitutions which i would vote for the dem or even if it was in sort of a safe seat for either of them i would vote but the um thing for me is if like because i would generally if if it wasn't say if corbyn wasn't the leader of the labor party Mm. i'd probably be voting green this time around okay but obviously i think i think green is probably the political party that i find myself most in line with mm. in terms of their policies and their beliefs um i'm very very on board with a lot of what green has to say smoke a weed the, they, don't, they don't even have a stance on smoke a weed so so says me who last night bunned a fat blunt with caroline lucas she was there at my I thought she looked a bit fucking bleary eyed on the <laughs> debate yeah it's because before she went on me and me her and um natalie bennett were all backstage just hitting the bong and lighting up a fat doobie <laughs> We need to get Natalie back on the podcast. I hope that she can ask her. I hope she got really high and put the Action Man DVD on that we gave her. Can you do it like was it Doug Stanhope's um, podcast where they all get really high? No, 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 no it's not. One, it's Doug, 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 Doug Benson. Doug Benson. Yeah. Can we just do that, but with politicians? <laughs> yeah, just come on, get really high with us. There was um um not too long ago. There was I can't remember who or for which seat. There was a Conservative MP who was being interviewed on Radio 5 Live. And one of the questions they asked him was, have you ever used drugs? Mm. And when people are asked that question and you're a politician, your typical answer is, yes, I smoked weed when I was in university, but I never inhaled. Mm. And he says, yes, I did. I smoked weed when I was in university. And the interviewer asked him, but did you inhale? And he says, yes, because that's the point. <laughs> and I just I thought that was very funny, but sorry, we 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 can't have a general election next week, and we're making shitty jokes about weed. It's <laughs> hey, good enough for the Green Party. I imagine that's what the politicians. No, are. I the, haven't read the, the Green Party. The Green Party are about a lot more than just smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think they do. They even have a stance on weed. They, 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 one they of their do, policies yeah, yeah. isn't about weed. 
what? Um, <laughs> one of their policies, James, is about um, weed. They think that we shouldn't be selling arms to 22 of the 30 countries on our human rights watch list. But then, then yeah, the, the, second, the second article of that was, we should be selling weed to them <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the entire thing. They say, you're right, you know, we don't want nuclear energy, we don't want fossil fuels, because it's taking up all of the valuable land space that we would use to grow weed. No, I, I, I I'm joke. Caroline Lucas, and I endorse this message. <laughs> I, I do joke about it, but I, I do believe that the Greens have a policy where they're thinking of, of legalising marijuana for tax purposes in order to fund other things. Yeah, mm. yeah. A Which lot of the, I don't think is a bad idea, but there we go. A lot of the tax that will be generated by like, especially with um, you know, no, I'm not even going to do this because <laughs> I, I could, I could, I could talk for days about why we should legalize weed, but I'm not going to do that. There's more important issues at play here. So to get back to it, mm. um, if I was going to vote for any party, uh, was Corbyn not the leader of Labour? I'd vote Green, mm. but I can't because they're not standing in Derby North. Yeah, mm. yeah, because um, it's such a minor constituency. This is this and is good on them for doing that. It's one of the seats where they didn't want to detract votes from Labour because they'd much rather just the Tories be out. Oh yeah, yeah. They, and they basically they basically said to a lot of the people, and I know some people who are both in the party and who support the Greens who are very disimpassioned with the whole thing for having mm. to throw yeah. their vote to Labour. There was an amazing graph that they put out though in, I think it was a constituency in London, where Labour has like a 50% lead in the polls and in the last election um, Green finished second, 1% of the Conservatives and their campaign showed this graph with like the percentage of the meat, and it said, "The Tories won't win anyway. You can protest, vote here." <laughs> <laughs> oh. which is clearly someone's looked at the Lib Dem campaigns for the last forty years and gone, "Let's do something like that." So you think? I think personally, a lot of my ideals lie with if, like you said, if Corbyn wasn't the leader of Labour, mm. I think probably Lib Dems for me. Hey! I think it's a combination of Tim Farron being the leader for the Lib Dems and Jeremy Corbyn being a lead, leader yeah. for Labour yeah. that make but I like I like Corbyn's ideals. Mm. I I like a lot of the things he stands for and although a lot of the things he stands for haven't made it onto his manifesto, I think I like the manifesto all the more for, for what he said about it in the it wasn't a debate, it was the non debate even though they build it as Theresa. Oh the Sky News yeah, Channel yeah. Four one. Yeah um when he he said, "I'm not a dictator, Jeremy. We we made this as a party. I listen. Yeah. I listened to my party, and I was like, that's what leaders do. Yeah. They listen to people." I um, really liked the bit in that same debate when he took a question from the audience, and someone asked him, "How can I be sure of your leadership?" And Jeremy gave um, a very very concise answer, not not all of which I can remember. And he finished mm. and punctuated it with the point of. Um, I think being a leader is just as much about using this, I'm touching my ear for mm. you podcast listeners at home, than it is about um, using this, I'm now pointing to my mouth. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I think it's, it's I, I love that we have a political contender in the country that, that has that belief. Should we talk about that, that, that Monday night um, interview spectacular a bit? Yes. Yeah, let's, let's go on, go on. Because that was, that was an interesting thing. Um, so I, I remember getting really excited earlier on in the day yeah. um, before before it was coming up, and I posted in a little. Was it was it our creative writing chat, chat yeah. that we had um, back from our three years as creative writing students? And I, I kind of posted in there like, "Is anybody watching this later?" There's a debate between um, Corbyn and May, and I thought I was dead excited because because the headline, mm. the, the the name of the program was Corbyn v May. 
battle for number ten. Battle for mm. number ten. And I, I was, I was like, wait, May, May is actually going to debate Corbyn. This changes <laughs> everything. No. And then, and then Robbie just kind of burst that bubble and went, "Well, they're not actually debating, though, are they?" And I was like, what? "But it, it says Corbyn v May. It's just, it was a shit naming." Yeah. For those who didn't hear, it was basically Jeremy Pax. Well, both of them had questions from an audience first yep. um, who were vetted and have questions prepared in advance. Um, or they've been checked over, certainly by the Channel 4 team. I don't know whether the candidates had seen had a look at them beforehand as well. Um, I would certainly hope not. Yeah. Although it's interesting you should mention this because this is something I actually wanted to talk about and it's a slight side note. But Theresa May, um, and there's an interesting clip of her that's been doing the rounds this morning after she refused to take part in the debate last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously everything we're saying for those listening to the podcast on the day it goes out is a further day back when we say today and we say yesterday, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's got in the last week of her refusing to take part in the debate. Um, there's an interesting thing she says on there during that clip that what she's really interested in isn't squabbling with other politicians, but listening to the questions of real voters and of real people out there. Despite the fact that um there's been a number of reports i've been sort of trying to look up as many of them as i can of her going into workplaces are going and doing that sort of standard politician thing the george osborne thing of wearing a hard hat and standing around in a high-vis jacket of her doing that um and on every one she's had people vetted and checked in advance and if people have they can find any history of them siding for another party that isn't tory they've had them taken out then to have been allowed in the same room as her um and it's actually a really interesting thing that people have noticed from just from sort of twitter from sort of separate reports you can notice that the people in the room whenever she's there have a blue t on their hands yeah that's been written on because other people have been checked and been allowed in really yeah because yeah. ah. uh, it... they're that heavy about she they won't let her encounter uh, encounter real people it i i find it fascinating and i think there's a very stark hypocrisy in her saying, I'm not doing the bakes because I'm taking questions from real people. Mm. When all the way throughout this campaign, she's gone to, she's not only gone to extraordinary measures to avoid engaging with the public. Yeah. Every single event she's been to to show her face and do the sort of like shaking the babies in the hands. Yeah, and the only time she's, uh, sorry to cut you off, just no, I thought ahead. it improves that point. It's the only time she's ever really been cornered by a real person was when that. She was woman in Cornwall. Would, yeah, yeah. And, and that woman with disability, uh, was it learning? disability yeah. she had managed to get her while she was on the way from one point to another yeah. and and the fact that she was she had to be ambushed for mm. her to talk to a r- normal person is despicable for it's, a politician you compare that to the sheer number of videos coming out of corbyn of farron of even um bloody everyone's favorite slaphead xenophobe himself paul, paul Nuttall. Nuttall. Yeah. um yeah if you come the sheer number of videos of those just sort of encountering people and like the thing of um tim farron told a stranger to smell his spaniel and yet no one picked up on that everyone's missed that i don't did either of you see that no see no that. there was just sort of this guy talked about his dog and then tim farron said oh he'd love my dog he should come around and smell my spaniel someday because <laughs> <laughs> tim farron has a spaniel of course but it's um it, it, it's odd that, that she would say in the wake of all of that mm. that she's been taking questions from the public and that's more important especially given that whenever jeremy corbyn in the commons has voiced a question that he's actually had directly from the public. Yeah. He's been jeered for it. Yeah. He's been jeered for it by a party that's been egged on to do so, by Theresa May. And, and she has the audacity, after being so vehemently opposed mm. to taking questions from the public, to now claim that she's too busy doing exactly that she has tried to avoid for months 
to turn up to a debate and actually be scrutinised fairly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's absurd. My next favourite moment from that video, because that was the thing that really made me angry about it, was her suggesting that. Uh, but my favourite moment is the bit where she says, um, won't ITV be upset that Corbyn didn't turn up to their debate? Yeah. Missing that, firstly, she didn't turn up either. She's the reason Corbyn wasn't there, because she refused to do it. She hasn't turned up to the BBC debate. And there was that thing of uh, me and Jordan were saying this this earlier, that because she's been doing this awkward laughter, like clearly something like in the Theresa Bot 2000, like a humour circus engaged. Yeah. And she went, I can make joke now. And she tries and it just absolutely, it, 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 it falls hard on the yeah. Blair administration. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. You know, in American history, American history X. You know the the fucking curb stomp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is much like Theresa May eating the curb. That's how <laughs> it's, hard it's, that it's, joke it's fails. It's excruciating to watch. Yeah, as well. yeah. Mm. Like it physically. Like even I felt sorry for her, and I hate her. But I think even another thing from the same clip is like we've all got something from the same clip yeah. here. It's just like, oh well, I'm too. I I I think Jeremy Corbyn should be focusing on making getting a deal for a be- for a b- good Brexit, a good Brexit deal. Yeah. She says that, and I'm like. Sorry, who's the Prime Minister? Because <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's not the Prime Minister right now, so he can't do that. And, yeah. <laughs> and, right, in that case, why are you out campaigning rather than trying to get a Brexit deal? Yeah. Why are you doing this at all? Why, are you why, why did she... Why can she stand there and say, well, I can't do it because I'm trying to find a better Brexit deal when she called a fucking election yeah. weeks before the fucking negotiations were supposed to start? Someone called When she loses seats yeah. next week, I'm going to fucking love it. I've been, I've been, every time that a conservative video says only six seats away from a, a hung parliament I've seen you comment on I've been going, I can't wait for you to lose your six seats you fucks <laughs> we've lost all impartiality and I'm okay with that <laughs> I I I've been, I won't I won't name names here, but yeah. there's there's a specific person on on Facebook that I <laughs> I look up to politically. Very, look, mm. he's so keyed in to everything and that's happening. His name rhymes media. with Schmeim and Schmeywood. Yeah, um, <laughs> for, for, in case he's ever listening to the podcast, because I know he does sometimes. Um, and he posts so many fantastic things about politics, so many considered points. And then every time a conservative video comes up, I see the single comment. It's the same on every yeah. single video. She's after your houses, or <laughs> at least I'll still have my house. <laughs> and I've been trying to comment on every single one as well, but it's tough, tough. Like they, they, they it doesn't take long to type and, a little snarky comment mm, on on the Facebook. No, video. not long. At all. And and to tell you that the sheer volume of conservative smear campaign adverts that I've yeah. had to comment on, I've struggled. Yeah, I have yeah, struggled. They've spent a record amount on social media advertising. Yeah, from election. Which is I, it shows because every YouTube video I watched, there's a conservative propaganda before it. There's a videos of like largely Corbyn smear stuff, or just saying, "Isn't Theresa May great?" I think it's it's because they know, isn't it? Because yeah. they know that social media is geared towards the young and the under twenty five mm. crowd. Who? What was the figure we we quoted earlier? Seventy three percent of under twenty five to plan on voting Corbyn. It's because they know YouGov. that. If anyone's going to swing this election, it's going to be the young if they actually get out and vote. Mm. And they want to try and hack away at that. They Mm. they want want to to clip it a bit. But the great thing is, because they're so far removed from the young, the Conservative Party, and they're so far removed from what we actually do on the internet, we... Well, I don't know how to say this. I hope that the majority of us see what's happening. Do you know what the really great thing about these adverts is? They don't get to the point in five seconds. No. And everyone skips YouTube videos after five seconds. If The only it, people that don't are old people who haven't worked out how, like the Conservative Party. <laughs> 
if there's anything that it can be said of the sort of the social media campaigns, and I've been watching social media campaigns for Labour and the Conservatives very, very closely. Yeah. Labour have really picked up how to use social media. All of their stuff is a lot more digestible. They do it a lot like a lot of the Conservative things are three four minute videos mm. almost like you know when you used to have the um uh party campaign ad slots yeah. on where they post a five minute video they're all like that labor know how social media mm. is used and they've tailored to it so they've boxed it around with a caption of what's happening they give it a short caption because they know that it doesn't get read add subtitles videos will be like 50 minutes to maybe one 50 and a minutes half. sorry sorry 50 seconds to one and a half minutes yeah because they know that when people use social media, they digest a lot of information in very, very small chunks. Mm. And that, with an election that's going to be this close, will make all the difference. Yeah. So to go back to the thing on Monday night. Oh, yeah. Um, so, which was, yeah, an interesting process, an interesting thing that happened. Uh, the format was essentially, yeah, there was questions from the audience. And then Jeremy Paxman, everyone's favourite man, sat down and interviewed both of them. Um, what did we make of Paxman that evening? I I have to say I was incredibly disappointed. Mm. I I've looked up to Paxman for a long time because I He's always really tall. Yeah, well yeah but no um I've always <laughs> I've always seen him as the man that asks the tough but important mm. questions and the man that won't take a no answer for he, he will get the answer. He's the man mm. that does that. But. What I got from him this time was not the important questions. I think I think I sent sent a message to you all saying this is soap opera bullshit. Yeah, because it was all all the things that people were slandering, but things that aren't really important to the campaign, yeah. like Jeremy Corbyn's stance on something to do with the IRA. Yeah, and the thirty years ago. And, and the Falklands, and it's like... I, like, you look at... I mean, there was, there's a tweet that's been doing the rounds of someone saying, I work in a school that struggles to afford glue. Yeah. Why are we talking about the Falklands still? And you've got, I mean, nurses using food banks. Why are we talking about the IRA still? Yeah. I, I think, to an extent, I can understand why he's asking those questions. I don't agree with the fact that he mm. has asked them. But say when you used to get Paxman on um, News at 10, or did he do Newsnight? In news, news night. I think he did news night. When he did news night, he had because it was more his floor, he could tailor his questions a lot more specifically to getting those responses. But I think because it was a joint venture between Sky and Channel Four, which are organizations he's got mm. considerably less swing with anyway, he's probably to a certain extent had to ask the questions they've wanted him to ask. But which are gonna be is... ask about the stuff that they're talking about in the Commons, and talk about Corbyn's ties with he... the IRA, which he doesn't have. The other problem became yeah. like a self parody. He yeah. just became somewhat sort of that way Paxman known for being stern and not letting people get away from things. It, just it was like a little it was like a little Britain sketch. Yeah. If they did something yeah. if they did something on Jeremy Paxman. Yeah. Because th- there was no point to anything he was asking because Although Jeremy Corbyn said to him several times, "You just let me finish. I'm trying to actually answer your question," but but it just it kind of came off anything better than a petulant child, yeah. really. Now, but it got me thinking that that debate, that whatever you can call it, interview process. All right. Um, of could we? I think it's important that we find a new prime minister for the podcast because we've got a president, of course. Jordan won that back in November. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But I think we need a prime minister as well, and that could be Jordan as well. Uh, <laughs> you've you forgotten. <laughs> no, I've been doing my presidential duties. I mean, China have got both. We could have both. We might as well. Yeah, might as well be the same person. I don't know. Uh, so I prepared questions for both of you and Ben because he said he was going to be here briefly, and then he wasn't. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No, um, no surprises. And I just I like Theresa to... May. Ben has not turned up to <laughs> the press. Pr- Prime Minister debate. There we go. Got it out in the end. So, so do you want I one of want... us to be? Do you want to be a president and I'll be a prime minister then? And we'll what? Just take no, that just that confuses things. We need to find a prime minister for the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Oh right. Okay. I'm going to take the Paxman chair, and I'm going to interview oh. each of you. If you could Are shout over us one at a time. One or? at a time, as happened in the debate. The other one has to pretend you're off in a car somewhere, getting ready, and I'll interview you one by one. Okay. okay? I'm going to take you on and try and find the prime minister. The battle for number ninety-three. Because it's the 93rd episode of Verbal Discharge. Who, who do you want to interview first? Okay, I'm going to interview Jordan first. Okay. If that's okay for you. Do you want me to um, leave to my car? You can. Like the UK leaving the country. That's the sound of me walking away t- to, to my car. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to put like an epic jingle in here. Um, and it really like builds the tension. <laughs> Okay. Jordan Reynolds, the last time we held an election, you won on the platform of unabashed racism. How do you sleep at night? Quite easily. Ask the question. Quite easily. Okay. Okay. Do you use pills? Nope. Okay. You claim to be massively racist, but after the recording of episode 91, you expressed to me a deep regret at an ironic racist joke you made. (laughs) Are you racist or not? I am definitely racist. I've been racist my entire life. So why were you so disheartened by the fact you made a racist joke um, ironically d- d- well you know uh, it was just a bad joke I, it wasn't the racism just okay. just made a bad okay, joke people laughed at the joke did they people laughed at the joke yes oh, well, well i but didn't find you seem disappointed funny. by it you seemed offended by the fact it was racist i'm never offended by anything racist. okay so what are you gonna do about all these people in burkas <laughs> all these people in what all these people in burkas what are you gonna do with them yeah um i'm gonna tie them all together and make okay. one big bridge rope Okay. And I'm going to throw it across. Are they still the... going to be wearing the burkas at the time? Probably. It'll probably make it easier to make a rope bridge. Okay, but what about the fact they're not. <laughs> they're clearly not getting enough vitamin D. They're clearly not getting enough vitamin D, John. What are you going to Sorry, do? Jeremy Nuttall. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think we should definitely give them sun yeah. um, in the form of happiness. Do you want to send them copies of the sun? What if they're from Manchester and they refuse to read the sun now? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I don't think that the sun should be banned anywhere. I think it is perhaps the prime. Okay, what news. about night? What about night? Should we have the sun out at night? How are people going to sleep at night? How are you going to sleep at night <laughs> if the sun's out all night? I I, I can sleep. Do you sleep it's... with a face mask, Jordan? I I sleep with a blindfold. You sleep with a blindfold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we know this. I feel we as a public need to get to know you if you're going to be prime minister. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Brexit. Okay. okay yeah. Members of your immediate family voted leave. Okay. You. <laughs> You voted Remain. If your family can't trust your political judgment, <laughs> how can the country slash podcast slash whatever you're going to be prime minister of trust you? I'm not a dictator, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But if you can't talk your public, the, the, your family round, how will they talk the rest of them round? I think it's important to answer everyone, the question. I think it's important for everyone to have their own political views, and um, it just so happens that my family decided at that time that that was the best idea for them. And Are you saying it wasn't the best idea for them necessarily? I'm saying that I I think that my my idea of a good Britain would be one in Europe. I'm not saying that their idea is any less valid than mine. Okay. Um, well, if that's the case, then, and I still struggle to trust you, considering. Uh, in a maths lesson in 2004, you wrote that x equals 7 when in fact it equals 12. 
I and surely a maths lesson is the one place you can be trusted on maths. <laughs> Would you not agree? Um, I think a maths lesson is a place for trial and error. Um, that's where you learn to do figures. Okay. And what about your chance in, in as a pre, as the sort of as the prime minister? Is that time for trial and error? Um, I think that when I was in prime minister class um, three mm. years ago, that was the time for trial and error. I'm now ready. I'm ready to bring my brand of racism to Britain. Jordan Reynolds, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We'll now be back after these short advert breaks. Buy some vitamin D. Should we do some adverts? Yeah. Buy some vitamin D. Are you wearing a burqa? Why not buy a vitamin D supplement? Hey there! Are you a refugee? Are you in Calais? Then, oh boy, you're going to need a dinghy to sail to the UK on. Come on over to... Dale's Dinghy Department Warehouse. We've got a shit ton of dinghies. We've got big dinghies, little dinghies, dinghies your family will drown in. We've got dinky dinghies. <laughs> oh, whoa, boy, it's Dale's brother, Herbert. <laughs> and welcome to my privatised NHS sale. We've got bits of the NHS going left and right. You want a heart surgeon? Oh, boy, we've got some underqualified <laughs> surgeons for you. We've got overqualified. We've got underqualified. We've got low-paid nurses. You want your very own nurse? Pay her less than the minimum wage. It's fucking great. <laughs> hey, and it's Dale's... Dad, (laughs) and I've got a great deal on schools for you. Do you fancy an education? Not the film starring Kerry Mulligan. Do you fancy an actual education for your kids? Then why not buy a school? New from Tory Tory Policies Ltd. Hi, it's it's, it's me, Dale's longtime lover, Mark. (laughs) I'm Mark, and I'm. uh, Are you interested in a privatised police force or a police force that's had its budget? Severely cut. Oh boy, 20,000 less police on the streets than there was in 2010. Uh, do you want police on the streets to stop the crimes? Tough fucking shit. Welcome to the world you live in, Britain. <laughs> oh boy, my name's Margaret and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my Thatcherized cell. We got Thatcher dresses, we got Theresa May hooked noses, we got. We got privatised no miners oh is boy a, is a Thatcherite a gemstone that <laughs> <laughs> you find and, it's, and it's, you can't turn it around though no matter how hard you try next Tuesday on Channel 4 we meet Dale and, and Dale's family. brother and Dale's father <laughs> and Dale's long time lover Mark and dead Margaret <laughs> in a thrilling drama from the writers of <laughs> the really good programme that you like to watch coming soon to Channel 4 you can see an exclusive trailer after the TV debate Hi, I'm Kit Harrington and the general election is coming <laughs> 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 This year's biggest summer blockbuster. You thought you'd seen it all. You thought the EU referendum would be it. But there's more. It's time for General Election 2017. Drama. Subterfuge. Leaders not turning up to debates. General Election 2017 in good cinemas now. <laughs> From Hi. the people who wrote fan fiction about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, join me, Russ Abbott, and me, Sophie Alice Baxter, 
for Channel 5's election coverage on the election night. It's going to be really good. We've got lots of political experts on the show. Like Dev Patel. <laughs> Should we get back to the debate? Yeah, go on. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad we had that, that moment out, though. Um, We've got to fill it with something that isn't explicitly general election at some point. James Bosson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, so you're from a part of the country known commonly as the North. Yes. Which, of course, is the same place, the same... Uh, it's also where the home place of uh, well-known terrorist Sean Bean's character from Goldeneye. <laughs> um, so how do we know we can trust you? Um, Sean Bean's character from Goldeneye... But isn't that how terrorism works? It's entirely geographically based. It's based on where someone's from, not what they're like. Look, I read the Daily Mail, yes. <laughs> Robbie Paxman, yes. and I know that you can hold a deluxe colour palette chart up to someone's face, and if they're brown enough, they are a terrorist. Okay. As you can see from me, I'm from the north and there's no somewhere. No, no, but do you deny that in Goldeneye, Sean Bean's character is not a terrorist? I was briefly affiliated kills with I was briefly affiliated with the film Goldeneye. Hmm. The film Goldeneye expresses views that are not expressly mine. Yes. Sometimes I feel it is worth watching films that don't agree with your views. Okay, are you saying that Sean Bean isn't white? I'm saying that Sean Bean is as Nigerian as they come. (laughs) (laughs) Please edit that out. (laughs) So, so, are you therefore saying that you're as Nigerian as they come? And that terrorists come from Nigeria? What I am is trustworthy. Okay, okay. I I want a strong, stable agreement for the North and also Nigeria. And that's not something that Jeremy Corbyn can promise you. Okay, what do you consider to be your religion, James? Well, Mr. Bosson, whichever you want me to call you. Um, I was raised in a Christian mm-hmm. um, Church of England okay. uh, school system. I have since come to denounce those okay. faiths. Would you consider yourself agnostic or atheist? Um, more towards the agnostic spectrum. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe we can know I don't believe it is for us as lowly humans to yeah. determine such big questions. Okay, so Sean Bean's character in Goldeneye is also agnostic. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't some part of a big agnostic jihad? It is not a big agnostic jihad. Right. Um, like I've said before in many interviews. So do you condemn the actions of Sean Bean in Goldeneye? I won't, I, I'm not going to say that I condemn the actions of Sean Bean in Goldeneye. They're not views that I agree with. So would you? are you saying that all bombing is therefore wrong? Or are you saying that Sean Bean was fine in Goldeneye? I'm saying that bombing is fine as long as we do it, because we're the goodies. Okay, okay, that's morally questionable, but there we go. Um, So your tactic for democracy seems to be just to talk over people and repeat their policies back to them louder. Okay. Um, If you were told, say, that we had located Sean Bean's character in Goldeneye, and you had 20 minutes to take the call as to whether or not we bombed Sean Bean's character in Goldeneye, uh, even if there were civilians nearby, and you had nobody near you to shout out a policy to say something similar, how could we trust you to make the call? I won't lie to you. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Goldeneye finished principal photography in, <laughs> in, in 2002. But the film came out in 1997. In 1996. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have we found another generic terrorist? 
and you're 20 minutes to make that call and there was no one near you to shout out a joke. I, mean, I don't mean a joke. I mean um, <laughs> a policy for what you're going to do. If there's a terrorist in the woods <laughs> and no one's around to hear him, is it all right to call in a drone strike? <laughs> <laughs> Answer the question. I've forgotten it, sorry. <laughs> okay, so if we found... I would be terrible in an actual debate. <laughs> so your your tactic for democracy seems to be much your tactic for humour. Um, that you hear someone make a state of policy and then you just repeat it louder. Yeah. Okay, so if you had 20 minutes to make a call on a drone strike, where we take a drone strike out on Sean Bean or another terrorist, right, but there was no one around to state a policy that you could then repeat louder, how would you go about it? Do you feel you'd be right for that job? I would consult with the relevant parties and then, call, and then call in the strike anyway. Okay. Okay. But what if what if the terrorist's moved away? He's moved out of those woods. He found a bear and now he just bombed a bear. He just killed a bear. It was a bear at a risk at risk species as well. Would mm. you would you consider yourself a risk to podcast security? I would not consider myself a risk to podcast security. No. Mm-hmm. No, I would not. Okay. I I am as secure. I'm all, all I want to create here is an environment in which we can create funny, yeah, relevant, stable, financially viable podcasts. Okay. And if that's a sin, then I'm a sinner. <laughs> We're all sinners. You said on episode thirty that Syria was beautiful. How can we trust you to bomb the shit out of it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that beauty exists not in longevity, but rather in the knowledge that at one place in time something has existed. We can take pictures of Syria. It's very pretty. <laughs> it, it, it used to be very pretty, but we can look at pictures of it and say, yes, this place used to be good. And once we've got those pictures, mm-hmm. and I will allocate a portion of our budget to taking really, really nice pictures of Syria, when we've got those pictures to remember it by... Mm. We can raise it to the ground. I mean, we can turn the surface into fucking magma. We can rain hot death onto the entire country, destabilize the region, melt every man, woman, and child, village, and tree, and cattle pen. James Blossom, thank you very much. That's a good note to end on. If you want to see dick pics of the Verbal Discharge Boys, then don't forget to find us on Twitter at VerbDisRadio. Should we? Like, I, I almost don't want to do it because it feels a bit—it feels a bit too on the like on the nose. Mm. But should we just discuss why people shouldn't vote for the Conservatives? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Where to start? Um, I think I've—I've I've been trying to because I've been aware these past few weeks that there's going to be an awful lot of times when I'm going to have to have political discussions with people. Yeah. So I've tried to boil down all of my thoughts on the Conservatives and why they shouldn't be supported, getting the main points in there, into like a 60-second soundbite. Okay. And I think I've got a pretty decent Can we time one. it? Yeah, time me. Okay. Elevate, elevator pitch us. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Now, when the Conservative government came into power, admittedly under a hung parliament, in 2010, they were very, very insistent that they would be able to reduce the deficit if we went into austerity measures. They took the country into austerity measures, 
Did they tax the people that had the most money? No. They took money from schools. They took money from the NHS. They took money from students. They took money from the elderly. They took money from the poor. Whilst everyone on the top received very, very generous tax tax breaks, those people that could more afford to close the deficit did not do so. Now, I would almost be willing to look past all of that and all of the terrible things that they've wrought on the people of this country if their measures worked, but they quite simply haven't. They, they haven't met any target they set themselves financially since 2010. That's not targets that other people have set them. They missed all of their own targets. The country's deficit has more than doubled. We have seen the biggest fall in living standards we've seen in this country in genuinely hundreds of years. They have proved themselves time and time again to be completely unfit to rule us. One minute, seven seconds. Damn it! Damn uh, it! I didn't still pretty stop good though. though, yeah. But yeah, I'm still still fairly impressed by that. That is that is, I think, in a nutshell, as close as I could get to yeah. boiling down why people shouldn't support the Conservatives. There's a myriad of other issues that I, I, I think, could, but I could bring up. Most of it stems up. from that. Like the thing you focused on is the fact that these plans didn't work, but the fact is that they put these plans in place. They put they made massive cuts to the NHS. Um, I, again, I mentioned it earlier, but the fact that um, I, I found the actual statistic, um, but there's thousands of nurses using food banks. Yeah. Um, there's there's thousands of people in the NHS who are below the poverty line. Um, there's more people below what would have been considered the poverty line before they changed the definition of poverty than ever before in this country, yeah. mm. or certainly and since post-war. They, they changed the definition of poverty, which was yeah. literally a move to make it look like they hadn't increased the amount of people in poverty by over a million, mm. but they have. Yeah, It's just, I think we really need to ask ourselves that there's a government we have now that are really trying to push this position of we're strong we're stable we're secure we're what's best for you it is not right that the people we should rely on most in our country are having to use food banks to feed Mm. themselves it's not right that homelessness is at an all-time record high in the country it is not right that we have three and a half million children in the world's sixth richest country living in poverty mm. it is disgusting what they have done to this country and the by and the, the, the single fact that theresa may would even stand up on that stage when she was taking the debate and when she took a question from that woman about the nhs mm. saying why is everyone using food banks we're understaffed we don't have the money to get any of the equipment that we need we're pushed to an absolute breaking point day in day out and theresa may won't even acknowledge the fact that she's making cuts she yeah. still pushes well actually we've increased funding no you haven't Teresa. it's it, the, the the terrible part is that they are shirking any part of accountability or scrutiny and whenever anyone actually tries to confront them with what they've done they refuse to listen to it it's just no we are doing what's right shut up there's another point when she was asked a similar question a couple of weeks ago now um that she was asked yeah about um why there's so many people in poverty and she said that the best way out of poverty, she believes, is for people to work, despite the fact that, and therefore blaming the unemployed for the poverty statistics. Yeah. Um, firstly, ignoring the fact that a lot of people can't get jobs, uh, even people that have got university-level qualifications uh, are struggling to get relevant jobs um, because of the okay, system being put in place. But I won't go that far into that. Um, but also the fact that 55% of people below the poverty line are in full-time employment. Are in full-time employment, yeah. 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 55%. That's more than half. That's because the living wage isn't high enough, or the minimum wage is not is significantly below the living wage. 
and yet this is something that's coming over the course of partly global recession. It's it's but, something that I, I know I've made very, very similar points to this in yes. the past. The Conservatives really like to push the idea that it's people on benefits, people mm. unjustly taking from the state that are dragging this country down. Mm. And I do agree with them that people unjustly taking from the straight from the states are what's dragging this country down but it's not the poor that's doing it the poor people and people incorrectly claiming benefits takes two billion pounds a year from the economy that's a lot of money um corporations not paying tax or dodging tax takes 29 billion pounds a year from the country how can they sit there in the face of those statistics and dare to have the nerve to say it's the poor that are dragging it's not even like uh, you'll see a lot of people who are on benefits um universal credit which is the new thing that the people Mm. brought in Mm. people are working in full-time jobs and still having to use universal credit to supplement their income there so that they can pay rent they can pay for their food it's not these aren't poor people who are not working and are on benefits these are people in full-time employment who still have to have benefits because the standard of living is so low that they can't afford on a full-time job to feed themselves Mm. or to pay their rent Mm. on a council on a council house it's not the most expensive house in the world it shouldn't be yeah did you see the figure that Theresa may allotted for uh breakfasts for school kids seven Seven p a child you compare that to uh, Ian Duncan Smith famously claimed thirty-eight pounds of breakfast once, um, but then the average for MPs when they claim breakfast on their expenses um, is twenty something pounds. They're spending mm. on. So and then there's a fun fact just leading on to this. Mm. Uh, in two thousand and was it ten or eleven when the whole expenses scandal kicked off and there was that big deal about. I that. know exactly where you're going to yep. go with this. Who, which MP spent the least amount, had the lowest expenses that year? Was it our man? Country? Was it our bearded? Geography it was Jeremy Col- yeah. Corbyn. It was Jeremy Corbyn, before he was leader of Labour. The only expenses he spent was on a sandwich because he forgot his lunch one day. (laughs) Because he forgot his lunch. He he claimed, I think there were a couple of train tickets as well. Yeah. From when he just forgot his wallet. I think total he claimed. And bearing in mind that, like, George Osborne claimed two million pounds on expenses to build stables at his second home to build fucking to build fucking houses for his horses episode 36 i think it was uh, um i went into detail on how much george osborne makes in a year yeah and i went into detailed breakdown of that and that's worth looking at because i mean he's not standing as mp this year but he's pretty indicative of what the tories are like with money and now he's editing the evening standard yeah of course which is is fantastic for have you seen some of the stuff the evening standards printed oh yeah oh yeah Um, i saw that front page spread they did on corbyn and this is something that's piqued my interest actually because i have never seen so many rich people afraid of one man in a jumper (laughs) and i i it, it sounds funny but it's because everything that Corbyn stands for, they're scared of. Do you think people like Rupert Murdoch want to be parting with even half a percent of their more of their corporation tax? Of course they don't. They like it cushy the way it is. They're on. They're probably on the phone to Theresa May now, telling it to sort the fuck out. Sort it the fuck out. Rupert Murdoch, um, who's now going to try and buy Sky. Obviously, he's making his bid for Sky. He owns the Daily Mail. Yeah. He owns shares in the Sun. He owns what? Which uh, I think he owns parts of the Telegraph as well, and the Mirror, and the Mirror. He owns all of those papers. Now, those are papers and news sources that have been quite heavily pushing an anti-Jeremy Corbyn stance. They've been very pro Theresa May because he wants to pursue hard Brexit. 
And I think people need to look at the news that they're ingesting more and think, why is it that this newspaper or this news source is pushing this angle? And quite Mm. often, I think it comes down to the people at the top, the people that decide what gets put in the paper are doing it for financial reasons. Yeah. If we were to pursue a hard Brexit, the Daily Mail would cost, I think the figure's like, three and a half billion pounds a year less mm. for Rupert Murdoch because he wouldn't have to pay dividends to European... Exactly. Uh, so yeah. on and so forth. It, it, it's it's horrible. It, 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 the, it's almost a tyranny or the starting mm. of a tyranny when when you suddenly... you 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 devalue all of your opponents you slander them we've seen the biggest attack on a politician jeremy corbyn in pretty much any general election ever Mm. we've seen the most money spent on that we've been told that other people are wrong people are consuming media that 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 is is being that only suits the ideas of who is in government now Mm. and any other news that is against that is decried as fake news this that is how a tyranny starts yeah this is not just this is not a simple thing now, but just between oh, it's two parties. They're the same. They're not. This is a thing that the Sun's been doing almost as a almost as a policy um, that they've printed over the course of this election campaign. I think it's four things they've printed on the front page. They've then retracted a few days later, but because they know they can put it on the front page, and people then won't read the retraction and the apology a few days later. They'll read the which front is page. given in a tiny, exactly, tiny on like sort page seven or something. Yeah, and people have to buy the paper to look at that, and hopefully no one's buying the Sun at this point. Hmm. Um, and you know, so they're they're able to do that, and they're able to get away with this. It happened again with Brexit last year, um, and they're allowing it to happen again. And because because I've known people, sort of working class people that buy the Sun because they have a really good football coverage, mm. um, or they buy it, yeah, for sort of those reasons, they buy it for the tits on page three, um, whatever it is. But because people buy that paper because it's got that image, and same with the Daily Mail, it means that people see these incredibly right wing ideals, and they see them saying "Our Teresa, Queen Teresa, blah 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 blah," and they believe, oh, that's what. I must think it's that, received opinion. Yeah. That's the that's at the, at the same it. time though. I think we have to be very self-aware. Yeah, I think I'm. Oh, it, yeah. If if there's anything that I've become more wary of in my own sort of social media habits and just just my own political attitudes, is that I am often unwavering in my support for Jeremy Corbyn. I'm I'm often unilaterally for him. Like like to, to the point where I often decry or will not. Or, or I, I almost feel myself switch off a little bit when people talk against him. Mm. And I, I think that's solely down to all of the media that I've consumed and probably just my, myself being a little lazy but, anyway. So I, I, I do think that we've all got I, to be very aware of the way in which we ingest I've that information. I've moved in the opposite direction, though. And like I wasn't really showing anything beyond sort of registered to vote stuff on yeah. Facebook. And I've, because I, for a long time, I felt partly hypocritical because I'm a member of the Lib Dems and they're the party that closely represent my opinion. And yet I knew I was probably going to vote for Labour. Mm. Um, and there's a level of sort of hypocrisy there. And I couldn't really didn't feel I could share anything. Uh, but it's the fifth and fifth I've got along. And I thought, actually, no, like, I've got an opinion and I've got what I want to happen to the country. I should be OK to express that. Mm. Um, and there's there's then something in as much as sort of the, the, the thing you were saying um, about just being self-aware and just being aware of the fact that we do begin to create a bubble, though. Um, and I'm very aware of the fact that 90% of the people on my Facebook friends list are left-wing. Um, a lot of them are students, a lot of them are sort of our age, and as I said, 73% of people under uh, 25 who are planning on voting are planning on voting for Labour, um, and I think even then, another 10% are undecided. Mm. Um, and you've got a week to decide, man, get yeah. on with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so it is, there is this worry of 
buying into a bubble and of not being willing to... I was speaking to someone the other day who called Corbyn a twat, but then said they don't think Theresa May is much better. So, but sort of you do almost begin to slightly... Sw- do you remember when we were in comedy podcasts? Do you remember when we did comedy I remember, early? but I think this is important. Yeah, we've got um, a week. We've got a week I've, to get out of the system. I've been reading media published by the Conservatives. Mm. I've been trying to read around... I've, I'm not buying The Sun, but I will go on their website yeah. and I will read what they have to say. But it's... It, I probably approach it from the angle of I'll see what you have to say. Mm. I'm most likely going to disagree with it because it's not my view. Yeah. But I'll, I've, I've taken yeah. the Corbyn approach. I'll listen to you. Mm. Um, Which is healthy. Yeah, but, it's, it's a very wise But thing when to it do. comes to my own sharing habits, I'm, I feel that the conservative kind of movement against Labour and how much money they're putting into it... Mm. I don't feel like I could afford to share things that I disagree with and say, oh, well, I might disagree with this, but make up your own mind. I don't feel like I... I feel like if I do that, then I'm giving an extra chance for someone who might see my stuff and say, oh, well, actually, I I haven't thought about it that way. Or Mm. I I want people to vote for Labour because that's what I believe in. It's it's a hard balance to strike. strike. I think that to to perhaps tap into a bit of a wider issue, I I suppose to, especially with what you were saying there, Jordan, and to go back to what you were saying, Robbie, where you were talking about, you should vote for the person that you feel most represents you. Mm. This does just highlight the issue with first past the post, because it it, it does encourage tactical voting. It, It does mean that... Hey, if you think that's a problem, why not vote for the Lib Dems? And of course, go back to... Our old favourite system. The, the thing is, though, it's, it's first past the post will never move out mm. because any party that would get into power would know full well that they would lose yeah. that power the were they to implement the, it. The voting um, guidelines, if they win again, yeah, they'd redraw it so basically Labour wouldn't be able to get in. So they have sort of basically something that would be elements of a Tory safe seat in every constituency suddenly. It's um, it's it's it does highlight an issue. I, I think that without first past the post, mm. I know it's been a Green Party policy for many many years that they want. Um, fuck, what's the term? I said it to Natalie Bennett. Proportional representation, where you know that if you cast a vote, that counts. Mm. No matter who you vote for, that means that your vote directly translates to there is someone in Parliament representing your views. If you vote for a party, that matters. Whereas I know so many people. Um, that have said, like, say, oh, I would vote Green or I would vote Lib Dem, but there's no point because it's a wasted vote. Yeah. Because I know that there's no chance of those getting in anyway. I, it, it's very, very, it's a very sad state of affairs that people have to vote tactically and that the Green Party have even had to say, right, we're stepping away from this seat, this seat, this seat, and this seat because we just want to get the Tories out because they're damaging the country. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a very kind of you have to praise the Greens for that. They've not been selfish mm. because a, a lot of them could have said, oh, well, still vote for us anyway. Yeah. But instead, they've thrown their support behind Labour. There have is... been a lot of, um, like, like we mentioned earlier, there have been an awful lot of Green supporters who are very against the, the movement, who, who are saying, no, I, I, shouldn't, I should be allowed to put my views down there. But I, I, I think it's been a very bold step for them to take. Mm-hmm. So if that's the Conservatives, because I think we've done a lot of that, yeah. should we perhaps just give our opinions on who people should vote for and why i don't think we should do you think do you think i don't think we should i think we should leave it up to people i'm 
I mean, my main aim for this election is just for the Tories not to win from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Um, I understand if people are listening and they do want to vote for the Conservatives, I'm not going to stop well, them. Yeah. I hope they take in the points we've made there on top of what they've heard already. All um, I, I think all you can already. say to someone who disagrees with you is, well, we can have a conversation about it, but yeah. your opinion is your opinion. I wouldn't ever physically try and stop someone to vote Tory. I wouldn't mm. ever... Well, I might harbour a little bit of resentment for someone, <laughs> if, especially if they win. Yeah. But your vote is your vote. You do what you want with it in the end. Um, it, it should be solely up to the decision. It, it should be everyone's decision individually who they're going to vote for. Yeah. And that means that people do need to take a step back from their traditional way of getting their political information uh, to sort of go back to what I was saying earlier. And they do need to seriously approach it all with an element and an attitude of healthy scepticism. Yeah, I think I think it's a horrible trap to fall into to say, my parents voted Labour, so I'm always voting Labour. Yeah. Um, for the, the three general elections I've been able to vote for, mm. I've voted for three different parties. Mm. I... I I'd never liked the idea, that, by the way, it was Lib Dems. You were old Greens enough to vote in Labour. 2010, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, I, I was just under. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was old enough to watch the TV debates. I, I, to... I, loved, I loved Nick Clegg in 2010. I love Nick Clegg I voted generally. for Nick Clegg in t- 2010. And then I voted for the Greens because I, I didn't want to vote for Labour, but I didn't really feel like the Lib Dems. Mm. Lib Dems had a bit of fiasco in those years. Yeah. Um, and now yeah. I'm back round to Labour. And I think I think the worst thing you can do is just vote for someone because either you voted for them before or because your family mm. voted for them. Yeah. Just step back, have, have a look at everything that's out there and see what you agree with and vote mm. for that because yeah. that's what you should do, and not it, what... Like, my parents refused to tell me who they'd vote for until I was about 15, 16 and sort of had some idea of opinions for myself mm. um, in an effort to sort of build that and so that they do it. Who do they vote for? Um, they were Lib Dem, but they're now staunchly Labour. Okay. Yeah. My parents... Um... We 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 know here where, this, where, yeah. my, where my where my let's go in, let's go on. Um, I my, mean, I feel like we've given up on this being a comedy podcast yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, my mother is more um, staunchly conservative. Mm. My father is less conservative. I don't I don't think he has a strict political affiliation. Yeah, but he has in the past. Uh, he, he, I think he's more centre right. Yeah, whereas my mum's perhaps a bit further. Mm-hmm. I feel on this podcast so far, we've covered sort of in fair detail a lot about the Conservatives, a lot about Labour, quite a bit about the Lib Dems, probably disproportionate because of their role in this election, um, and the Greens. But we haven't really mentioned UKIP, oh, who UKIP. are the other party. Um, yeah. I've been looking to ahead of something we're planning on doing next week, uh, which is very exciting. Yeah, we should announce this. Should we mention this? Should we do this now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next week, next Thursday, is Election Day. And oh, with Election boy. Day comes Election Night. You know the night that that one where you wake up, you don't wake up in the morning. Well, sometimes, <laughs> no, you don't die in your sleep. That sounded really <laughs> an election day. You know when you I will mean, die in your sleep, might, um, depending no, on the way results go. No, but there's 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 two things usually that happen on on election night. You stay up mm-hmm. and watch the results, or you wake up and have the results forced upon you in the morning. Yeah, and and we, I don't know who wants to announce this. We are going to be staying up all through the night. Oh, yes. If you're staying up all through the night, you can watch us. We are going to be live streaming the entire election night. Think about it as an alternative election night coverage with us verbal discharge. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting and very tiring on our behalf. Yep, we Um, are. We're in it for the long haul. Yeah, 
we're going to be there from we're not quite sure what time we're going to start we should hopefully be announced in the next couple of days but it'll probably be about half 10 ish yeah. yeah some around that ballpark 10 11 um and carry on right through till we've got a winner and then probably a bit beyond that as we cry slash we'll, we'll cry either way just it'll yeah. be through if, joy if or- corbin makes this a victory I will cry. Yeah. Cry tears of happiness. Cry tears of joy. Just be so proud of the the little bugger. <laughs> it's just I I think that if we're going to be doing it, let, let, let's be honest. This this election's going to go one of two ways. Mm. It's going to be Labour or the Conservatives. And we're either what if Green win. Agree- that would be a fucking egregious <laughs> error on the polls, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Can't trust the polls. Greens eight was it eight percent they were on. I don't think even Green that. Party landslide victory, <laughs> <laughs> 76% majority. <laughs> Literally everyone in the country votes for them with every seat, even uh, ones not standing in. Out of like the 70 million people in Britain. We're yeah. going to be either incredibly happy mm. or incredibly depressed. And isn't it worth watching for either one? <laughs> um, so if you are interested in that, There'll be some details coming soon yeah. on our social media feeds. Um, so if, if you don't like those already, please do find us on yeah. Facebook at Verbal Discharge and on Twitter at Verbal Radio. We'll be trying to put out, like, at some point, a compilation um, or some best bits or some lengthy highlights, whatever, of what we get up to on the night out in sort of the podcast feed. But considering we will be knackered the day after, yeah. and probably take a couple of days afterwards, don't expect it immediately. Um, and also, we may just be crying. Yeah. Um, or what happened on the Brexit podcast, which hey, we never put uh, out and still haven't. Um, I happen. this this has been an interesting thing because like I've approached this election with a lot of trepidation, but still a lot of hope, and I've I've had a lot of hope in, now for a long time, and it's just backfired at me. <laughs> I woke up, I woke up. Um, this was when I was still living with James during the final year of university, and I woke up on Brexit morning because I I tried to stay up and I was just too tired. Mm. So I went to bed and I believe, was it Rhea? I think yeah. it was Rhea, my girlfriend. Rhea, yeah. Rhea came up to my room, knocked on my door, kind of opened it and I went, "Did we? are we, are we still in? Are we remain?" And she went, we're leaving, John. Yeah. And I just kind of like curled up. I'm not getting up. And I think I came downstairs like half an hour later and everyone was just really fucking depressed. <laughs> I, I remember the weirdest part of that morning for me. Uh, we talk about that morning a lot. I know, it's, the- it's weirdly to say it was one of the worst mornings of my life, and I honestly mean that. Uh, just one of the most depressing things. It's a story I'm not weirdly sick of telling. Yeah. Just yeah. about waking up, with seeing the message from you that just said the word shit. In 20 <laughs> or 30 years, people will write philosophical mm. and sociological papers on the angst felt about the EU referendum for our generation yeah. in the times afterwards it, it was unquestionably a very very important part of yeah. our history it was yeah, generation defining but 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 i remember Even more wake, so than harry potter i remember waking up that morning seeing my phone seeing the result putting the news on the tv and just watching it roll out britain votes to leave mm. the eu and i remember reaching a point and checking the time and going oh my god I've got to go to work. <laughs> and that was the weirdest part for me, mm. the thought that even though this world-shattering event had taken place, regular life had to continue. That was it. I remember being sat on the train back to Derby, having voted in Nottingham. Um, I didn't be on the train back to Derby in order to go to work mm. that morning. Um, and seeing that Cameron resigned and actually crying because it was felt like this is the end of the world. 
this is it, it going. And like, I would I would normally have cheered when Cameron was like, I've told this story before on the podcast, I'll stop now. Um, we're going to talk about UK. I was going to mention UK. Yeah, UK. Because I feel we should be fair. We should talk about all five parties, really. Yeah. Uh, we can leave Plaid Cymru and the S&P. That's fine. Forget them. <laughs> um, Leon Wood, what a nice Welsh lady. Nicola <laughs> Sturgeon. Yeah. Yeah, good one, Nicola. She, um, she's still plugging that Scottish referendum. Yeah. She does that quite a lot. Uh, that, in fact, that's pretty much what defines Nicola Sturgeon, yeah, I think, she's a the stronger moment. and stabler, bloody-minded woman than... Bloody difficult woman than Theresa May. Well, she hasn't changed her fucking mind, has she? You <laughs> 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 put so elegantly, Jordan. <laughs> she hasn't That's... changed her fucking mind, has she? <laughs> That's the SMB cover. That's our coverage of the SMB I felt like that, that was an appropriately Scottish remark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, so I was flicking through the uh, UKIP manifesto. I wanted to go through all of them, wanted to sit down properly and go through them. But I, one thing stood out to me when I was looking through the UKIP manifesto, which was that, um, because we're leaving the EU... And so on, which we just talked about. Um, UKIP wants us to move away from having yellow or yellow or gold stars anywhere because obviously the EU banner is a number of yellow stars. But what do you give kids so, when they get this four is it. marks? This on is their in their test. manifesto. This is, this, in is their, in their manifesto. this is in the UK manifesto that schools that give out yellow stickers, yellow star stickers to kids, should instead encourage giving green, blue, or red ones. What about purple? Or purple. Because I yeah. feel like the UKIP, since one of their colours is purple... And you know what? They should... white, green isn't on our flag. White is. You know what? Like, call, call me crazy for saying that history is going to repeat itself. Yeah. But Europe has a particularly bad history with far-right political parties <laughs> insisting on certain stars that people should and should not be allocated. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't help it, can they? But... I, I, think, I think UKIP are going to be wiped out. Uh, like they've already lost all their council seats, and I know that you can't use council elections no. to determine how a general election is going to no. go. But but UKIP's they'll... entire point, the UKIP Indepe- United Kingdom Independence Party, mm. has been to get us out of the EU. They've done it. They don't. There's there's, there's yeah. no point in them. They don't need to be a party anymore. Once you look aside from the Brexit bit and the bit about the stars, is the, the point. This Nick picking basically the only policy they've got is bring back smoking in pubs <laughs> <laughs> and the fish and chips tax. They're going to get rid of tax on fish and chips. Wait, what? Yeah, they're going to get rid of. So tax I'll on be able to eat cheap fish and chips yes. with no gold stars in sight yeah. and whilst smoking, smoking a, pub. a pub. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and any anyone wearing a UKIP badge can get a free pint of Skipfire. Skipfire? Spitfire. Skipfire. No. <laughs> I, I can't That's wait. Like advice for a Mario game. <laughs> I can't wait to be in my local pub, bun in a fat joint with Caroline Lucas, <laughs> eating cheap fish and chips, except probably Praising not Praising Paul Nuttall for his visionary Britain, where every single building is just turned into a pub. Asta, giant pub. Sainsbury's, giant pub. Fucking Gatwick Airport, giant pub. <laughs> Heathrow, giant pub. ISIS, giant pub. The world, giant pub. The moon, astro pub. Fucking <laughs> alien pubs. Universe pub, go pull in the hole! <laughs> I almost want to give you a round of applause for that. That was fucking beautiful. Do you ever think Paul Nuttall's wife looks at his campaign and just thinks... Come on, love. <laughs> like, come on. Do you think she believes Paul Nuttall can become Prime Minister? Cuckoo. She's probably like, get a f- real fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Do you think? Do you think? Do you think she when she had to move into that like one room apartment in Stoke? <laughs> do you think? Do you think oh, Paul Mossel in the night ever rolls over to his wife and he's like, "I've had a really hard day campaigning. Can we just?" Just a little bit of. She's like, no, not not tonight. I've <laughs> and she's got like, a was, it, was it as hard as your day at bloody the? Oh no, what was it called? The load of people, Liverpool in Nottingham Forest. Never mind. <laughs> the poor nuttle wasn't at where they all got crushed. Are you thinking oh, of the Hillsborough disaster, Hillsborough disaster, which was yeah. in Sheffield? <laughs> yeah, but it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was in Liverpool. No, it wasn't. Hillsborough was in Sheffield. Hillsborough Stadium. Yeah, Hillsborough Stadium's yeah. in Sheffield. Yeah, because I yeah, um I was once doing a a session on teaching English to CD borderline kids. Um in a and they had the, the car park was called the Hillsborough Car Park. Um and the the um the gate wasn't going up, you know, the sort of swishy thing. Oh, um, I'm already anticipating yeah, something. And I said it in front of my line manager. I made that joke of like, ooh, I made a Hillsborough joke in front of my line manager and it I mean, it went about as well as it could How have How did you word it? I can't remember. Um, but there was like two people in the car laughed and she just sort of looked at me in this moment uh, of like, I would fire you, but then we won't have anyone to do this session for CD Borderline Kids. <laughs> so you go and teach them about creative writing. Oh. But do you think Paul Nottle ever rolls over to his wife and she says, not tonight, I've got a headache. And he's like, but 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 please, we lost all our council seats. And she says, no, I won't have sex with a man who's got no council seats. <laughs> and then and then she goes to bed, and he really awkwardly masturbates next to her. <laughs> and as he as he ejaculates, he shouts, "Fuck you, Angela Merkel! You know, that Take that, Jean Claude Juncker!" <laughs> as he imagines um, launching a splodge. Of purple and yellow semen on his glasses. <laughs> that <laughs> that was actually that's been an excuse that I've been told a few times. That I won't have sex with a man that doesn't have any council seats. <laughs> I'm not a politician, exactly. If you were Tim Farron, come back then. So I feel we should all just. How long have we been going for now? Um, an hour and twenty minutes. We should finish with. Do we, obviously, this is the last podcast we're going to do before the election. It's worth, not, and it's I worth want, noting, just quickly, just an update. Paul Nuttall's wife left him in 2013. It's because he keeps masturbating yeah. and thinking about Jean-Claude Juckner. <laughs> <laughs> He's reportedly in, in a relationship with UKIP MEP Louise Bors. She sounds so, interested. Um, just because this is, this is the bit I will listen back to in years to come. Yeah. How do we think it's going to go? Wait next, a minute. Next? Louise Bohr's parents are Dutch. <gasps> so Farage's, Farage's wife is Spanish and Paul Nuttall's partner is Dutch. There's a conspiracy here. Maybe you're appointed to get rid of us all along and, and the, Farage and Nuttall are just Roger agents. Homer, Roger Helmer, who's the MEP, the leader of the, ME, the MEP section, um, he was caught having sex with a European prostitute. Suddenly These European sense. prostitutes coming over here Taking the jobs of our hard-working British whores. <laughs> right. My mother and my mother's mother before them were whores, and now they're losing their jobs to some bloody pole. How how do we think it's going to go next Thursday? Labour victory. <laughs> um, I still think the Tories will win, um, but I don't think it'll be by as big a margin as I have thought throughout the entire campaign. But it'll be, I don't think it'll be, it'll be more than six seats. I think they'll have a minor increase in their... There was a point 
um, I don't know if I said this on this episode, when a few weeks ago, me and Robbie mm. were... It was directly before we recorded the last podcast. Directly before we recorded the last we sat podcast. in the studio. Yeah, we were, we were sat here, mm. just the two of us, talking about the general election. And I said, I'm going to make a prediction, and you can hold it against me if you will, but I think it's going to come into fruition. I think Labour are going to win. And Robbie reeled back in his chair in genuine disbelief and went, really? You really think they're going to win? Yeah. And since then, the poll gap has closed from, I think, then it was 18 points. With a week to go, there is now three points, which Mm. is considered within the margin of error. And I think that it looks more likely than ever that we might see a Labour government coming out of this, Mm. which is, I I don't know if it's going to happen, I still suspect the Tories might just edge it, but good God, I want Labour. I'm, to throw, win. I'm throwing my belief in 100% buying Labour. Can I? Can I just give you another update on Louise Bors? Yeah. yeah, she changed her name when she started running as a UKIP candidate from Louise Vanderbors to Louise Bors. Ah, uh, she can't have Vander. That She's... makes her seem European and Dutch. Exactly. She is the most Dutch woman to have ever lived. Does she sat in our Wikipedia article? (laughs) Louise Bors is the most Dutch woman to ever have lived. She will not wear any type of shoes that are not wooden clogs. (laughs) She lives Um, in a windmill. She eats cheese and she's always smoking weed with Caroline Lucas. Um, (laughs) Who smokes more weed than anyone else in Britain. (laughs) 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 Joey Barton called her... Ugly on an episode of Question Time. So there we go. Well, there we have it. Yeah. We've got a very, very exciting week ahead of us. Mm. Um, just to repeat what we iterated earlier, if you do have any interest in watching our coverage of the election, we've got some news on that. Very, very soon we'll be releasing that when we know more details. Yeah. If, if you're interested in talking to any of us about mm. the election... You can literally drop a message into our Facebook. Yeah. Um, it's just verbal discharge on Facebook. You can either leave a comment on our wall, or if you would rather talk more privately about your, your opinions, mm. send us a message. We'll, we'll reply. There's, there's four of us. There's bound to be someone on Facebook. Or do the same thing with Twitter, yeah. at Verbal Radio. Um, you can send it in. Or email us, things at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, any means you wanted to get hold of it. And anything you want to send in, obviously we've got the best part of 12 hours to fill on Thursday night. And we will have results pouring in live. We will have stuff we prepared in advance uh, in order to sort of fill those gaps. But we'd love to hear from you. We just have to sort of as much as we can from you guys to sort of try and pull us through. Um, encouragement helps, but also just any points. If you're particularly angry about Louise van der Boers as well, then why not send us some details? Maybe you've seen her in a chip shop. Um, maybe you've seen her and Paul Nuttall together buying chips. And that was the moment in which Paul Nuttall thought, we need to get rid of tax on these. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to... Um... Uh, if you're Caroline Lucas and you want to smoke weed with us, um, just, just come, 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 do it. We'll make an exception for you and smoke a smoker, smoker, as as Ben would have said if he was here. Um, you can also find we've got a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, um, there's 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 a great video that's just just gone up. Actually, um, I wasn't involved in it. I I wasn't able to make. So it. you're impartial. Yeah, so if you I, say I, it's great. Then... Yeah, I'm impartial. I wasn't there. Um, I didn't edit the video. I didn't help with it in any way. And I found it absolutely hilarious. There's lots of Jean-Claude Van Damme. We mm. we actually had him there in the studio. <laughs> so 
if you want to go and see that, just go over to our YouTube channel. Again, Verbal Discharge. Yeah, um, well, yeah you haven't even specified what game it is. Do we, do we want it or do we just want Cricket to... 2004. On it, the PlayStation 2. And it was more exciting when it was just Jean-Claude Van Damme in the suit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've also got another exciting announcement coming on Monday. I'm going to keep an eye on the, the Facebook um, and the Twitter and so on. We're announcing something there, along with the details coming up of the live stream next week. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, please, if you are registered to vote, yes. do fucking remember to go out and vote on Thursday. Yeah. You registering doesn't mean fucking dick if you don't actually go to your polling station and put an X on the paper. Do it. Yeah. Just go vote. It doesn't matter who for. It does matter who for. It does matter don't who for. That- but but what matters most is that you, you go and do it. Yeah. As a citizen of a democracy, it is your obligation to go to the polls and to vote. Yeah. If you are young and disimpassioned with what most people would consider, not every, all of them, mm. but what the older generation is making all the decisions, doing all the voting, yeah. this is your chance to turn it around because they think that you won't. But if you do, you can give them a good old smack, yeah. metaphorical smack. And in like, the even if you feel you live in a Tory safe seat or something, and you feel you can't actually sort of get that across, still go out and either cast a vote for someone like the Greens, like the Lib Dems, like whoever it is. Like if you've got the Monster Raving Looney Party standing nearby, go and vote for them. Go and spoil your ballot. Go and write Theresa May as a twat on yeah. your pa- ballot paper. Why Draw not? a big dick. Yeah. It's and then fine. label it poor nuttall. Yeah. 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 Masturbating. That, yeah. That vote is the biggest voice mm. that you have democratically and if all you want to do is write fuck off tory scum on there you do that yeah please do that please please please, just no matter what just go out and vote if you want to protest if you're in a tory safe seat or if you're in a seat where you don't feel that you're being represented Mm. spoil your ballot vote for um vote for a different party just make sure your voice is heard like we've talked to you for an hour and a half here for that reason like, yeah it's not because we wanted it we do want to do it that's why we've done it but just because we want to get people out and voting and we get into a position which we can make the country a better place for us to live yeah um and for us to be happy and the reason we've expressed fairly strong opinions is because that's what we feel would do that for us and would make our lives and the lives of others around us better um and i think you've got to think of that as well like what will make not just yourself but those around you happiest and most prosperous and that's what this election comes down to at the end of the day final word of the show jordan god damn it (laughs) don't vote tory